Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. And joining me to break it all down, Kyle Porter is here. KP, what's up? Whoa, off the top. I know. I never go first. That's the long con for me, is to introduce you last for seven months (laughs) and then then introduce you first. That's, I just, I just accomplished it. You know what the best long con is, is, uh, like giving your kid a a, high, a regular high five for several years, and then one day just taking it away, and then just <laughs> just the shock of that happening. What is it's wrong pretty, with you? Hey, what is know. wrong with you, man? <laughs> it's really that's funny. Mark, that's Mark Immelman. Mark, have you ever, uh, for multiple years, built up the trust <laughs> in your child with a high five every single day, and then one day out of blue, demoralize them by removing it? <laughs> You know, I've never even thought about it, Rick. No, but I do nasty things anyway. But just quickly, we, we chatted off the top of the show. One of my children, my eldest, Isabel, 13, sadly drove it as far as me off the tee on one of the holes. We played nine holes today. And so uh, yours truly is in desperate need of a libation or something to i think i think mark has to be muted for the rest of this podcast after <laughs> after confessing have you ever been that moment when you're like proud but then you're like this is just not good uh, that's where i was mark maybe put on 30 pounds and chase distance like bryson did and you can you can stave off a couple of couple of years well see me in the spring i'll be a different guy <laughs> training the coach rounds out our foursome for today. Coach, lots of big news. We got the schedule today. We're going to talk all about it, man. It's good to have you. Well, you know, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I went to Kyle Porter's favorite place this past week. A little staycation. Hawaii is surging, so we canceled that vacation. Went to San Diego. Had an incredible week. Uh, and so I wasn't on the show last week. And regrettably, as the ratings went down without me on the show, I sure. said I could speak up for one week. So I'm back this week. You're welcome. Carry on. Mr. Thank you. Definitely had nothing to do with the fact that we taped at three in the morning or four in the morning. Which, by the way, was. was basically the most viewed episode ever that we did. So it was worth was going really? at. Like, oh, that's right. That's right. It, it went bonkers. I don't know if it. I don't know, Jacob, if it's the actual like most viewed one we ever did, but being first to market at. I don't know what it was. 4.30 a.m. Uh, seemed to work. Rick, I, were, you guys, were you guys selling stuff like at 3.30 a.m. in the morning too, like most other television channels? Huh? Yeah. yeah. That's all you do, right? I got, I got done with that, and I was I, the next day I woke up. I slept for like an hour and a half. I woke up, and I was like – I have no idea what I said last night. I could, I mean, I could have said anything. I haven't, I haven't gone back and listened to it. I mean, you guys think I'm off the rails on our Tuesday pod. That was like out of control. 
I'm trying to figure out how that's different from any other. No, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> saw that coming. We I had to get out ahead of it, but I couldn't. <laughs> we, so we, we offered, we offered uh, Arnold Palmer spiked in four easy payments <laughs> at, <laughs> at three thirty a.m. What a what a segue! That's unreal. <laughs> It's actually not time for it yet. We'll get to that. Uh, Gentlemen, the schedule is out. This is my wife's favorite day because she can now start planning uh, vacations just like you, Coach. And there's a lot of big news here. There's a lot to kind of digest. So let me let me just go through this a little bit, a little bit at a time here. So, Coach, we now have three co-sanctioned events with the European tour. This is kind of that partnership that was struck, I don't know, a handful of months ago where there's this new strategic alliance and we're seeing it in the scheduling. Now, the Barracuda, the Barbasol, and the Scottish Open will be co-sanctioned. That means you will earn PGA Tour FedEx Cup points. You will earn, uh, uh, what do they call them, Rolex points or Race to Dubai points. Correct. For for the European tour, this is uh, this is a big deal and apparently potentially just the tip of the iceberg. Well, it, it, there's a lot to unpack here with uh, the announcements today and the scheduling and, and all of that. Uh, it really helps a lot of the players. It hurts a lot of the players that don't have a lot of status or they're not stars uh, because the European tour knew they had to do something. They knew they had to do something, but also the PGA Tour knew that the Barracuda, nobody even knows it's being played this week. The Barbasol, nobody even knows it's being played the week that it is. This really hurts the John Deere Classic because if they want any top players to play now and they didn't have any this year, that's really not going to happen now that the Scottish Open uh, is going to give FedEx Cup points because now the players have no excuse not to go over there and play that event the week before the Open Championship. So th- there's a lot to unravel, and, and as the year goes along, I think we're going to look into that. Uh, but this was very, very strategic, very, very smart. It helps the overall business, but individual players, I think, are really going to be hurt uh, by this new partnership and allowing the top players to get more and the average to below players to get less. That's how I looked at it when I really did my research on it. Interesting. Mark, there are, for the first time, the two events, the Barbasol and the Barracuda, will allow 50 European Tour members to play, which is brand new for uh, for next year. So maybe more opportunities for the guys on, on that side of the pond. Well, that was one of the things that jumped out to me. I mean, I didn't see it from Coach's point of view. Um, when I looked at that, uh, for everybody, take it from the somewhat foreign guy on the group here, we all just want to get to the United States. We all want to work on the, on the biggest golf league there is, and that's the PGA Tour. You can be dominant on the European Tour, but the PGA Tour, when you win there, and when you play on the tour, then you just elevate your stature and your earning capacity and all that sort of stuff almost infinitely. And so for 50 guys, whatever it is, to come over here and get two starts in PGA Tour events because it's co-sanctioned, that is a big, big deal. And I, I, I have a sense that those spots will be snapped up in a hurry and folks will be flocking over here because just like anyone, and we had a bunch of these stories this, this last season, you know, just one week, that's all you need. And some guy who's a bit of a journeyman on the European tour, he could he could change his life by coming to, a, you know, one of those opposite field events, play well for a week, get yourself a win on the tour, and all of a sudden you're exempt for a couple of years. So so that really is a big deal. And and the thing then to what I what jumped out to me was 
the Florida Swing is the Florida Swing now. There's four events in a row. Okay. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm just so excited to see Mexico back. I love that event. And it looks like it's in the CBS window here. So that's super cool for me. And then back, going back to Canada, uh, that, that is a tremendous event. It's one of the oldest opens in the history of the game. I think maybe the second oldest behind the Open Championship. So to be back in Canada for that one is going to be great too. So, you know, all in all, as I look through this calendar, it's sort of what you were expecting. Um, but but I, I like the addition of some co-sanctioned events. I think that's cool. Let, let me jump in real quick. And I know Kyle has to speak. But to, to, to Mark's point, those 50 spots that are going to be taken up, we talk all the time that uh, players that, are, that don't control their schedule, that they have to take a look at those events and they have to play in them. And now there's going to be less spots for the PGA Tour players of that stature, the the 125s to the 200s. So that that's that was my whole point that it's going to take away events that they can get into because other events where the top players play they can't get into and control their schedule. So this just gives them less to play. At least that's the way I looked at it. Tell me if I'm wrong. Well, let's bring in a third voice on this KP, who we are obligated to allow to speak every uh, every 300 seconds. Let's get your let's get your take in here. Um, but but to to put a cap on Mark's point, that fl- new Florida swing or the Florida swing again is Honda API players Valspar, a true four week Florida Love swing. It. Love it. Uh, real quick on uh, so, Coach, you said earlier, and I wanted to kind of and you explain part of it there with you know kind of the rich get richer and and some guys get maybe boxed out what's the part of that where uh the rich get richer like you said it's better for the or, or it's it's better for the top guys and worse for the for the lesser guys okay so now you're getting points to play in the scottish open okay so that adds to the fedex cup points that a raw all the guys that played it this year they gotcha. get more okay. points and they missed out on a whole week of points before remember you know what i'm saying so it allowed guys yeah. at the your classic gain now that's not going to be the case Okay, that that makes sense. So you're saying like specific to just that event, essentially, that because event, and then you're and then you're allowing players to play in the Barracuda and the Barbasol. So yeah. the points that a guy would get there, if he's not allowed to play, those are points he can't get. Because those guys prioritize prepping for a major over playing in you know Correct. the John Correct. Deere or whatever. And so now you're okay. You're just incentivizing the top guys to go and do that. I think that, I think what coach hit on right there. So one I'm with Mark. I love the Mexico event. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know where that's going to land. Chapultepec was I weird. Hope it goes back there. That place is so great. It <laughs> was so fun. It was like, it was such a, like, it was just bizarre and wonky, and and it it resulted. I mean, obviously, it's a WGC, so a great leaderboard. But I loved it. I thought it was really, really fun. I think the other thing that I'm really interested to see over the next two, three, four years, does this turn into a kind of a coffee golf month, like for the PGA Tour? So you start with the Scottish Open. Do you tack on the Irish Open? Do you add? You know, a, a, maybe another event in England to kind of make it a full month in. Uh, Scotland, England, Ireland, because I think that would be phenomenal. And and but you know you're sort of veering into this territory that we always talk about with the world tour. You you kind of laid the mm-hmm. the groundwork for it, right? And, and so I, who knows where that's going to go? But I would be a huge fan of that. Although in the wake of you know staying up until four a.m. for a week <laughs> straight in Tokyo. The, the time change does not sound very appealing right now, but I think me next summer is going to be really excited for uh, that to take place. 
Hey, Rick, I'm pivoting. I'm sorry, I'm having the senior have, moment. Here. Have at it. As I look into the fall, though, boys, you see there's not just a Florida swing, there's a Vegas swing. That's right. So we're hanging out at Shea Game in there for a couple of weeks, too. We're That's right. The, 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 uh, the couch and the extra bedroom, they're ready to rock and roll. That's right. So we're going to do Shriners again. And then last year, the CJ Cup was at Shadow Creek. It is going to the Summit Club this year, which is, of course, Colin Morikawa's home course as if he needed any any additional help to win PGA Tour golf tournaments. He gets to play in his home course the week, you know, at home two weeks in a row, uh, which is going to be fun. But but coach, how about this? Uh, the WGCs, we're down mm. to two. Okay, so we've removed two WGCs. This event this week, WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational, will not be a WGC event next year, and it will move to the first leg of the playoffs, which makes sense for FedEx. It's the FedEx Cup playoffs. That makes complete sense. It's going to be called the FedEx St. Jude Championship. That Mexico event is no longer a WGC, so now we have just WGC HSBC. That's the one in China, and then the match play. So, you know, you talk about incentives of being a top player, now, if you got yourself into the top 60 or 70 of the, of the official world golf rankings, you, it was it was easy to play these no-cut events and continue to earn points. Half of those events are gone. Well, I think they looked at them, guys, and there was eight events that were, if you count the four majors and the four WGCs, that, what, let's, let's say 60% of those with a PGA Tour card couldn't get into, maybe maybe 50, whatever it is. I think they looked at it and said, you know what, the idea of the WGC is kind of outdated. It's kind of antiquated. And at this point, if you want to say, and this is what every player says, I remember Daniel Berger, the John Deere, had to correct himself. And he goes, you know, the big events. Well, well they're all big events. <laughs> right? Remember he said that? So if you're saying that these events are better and bigger, and there's eight of them, then how are they special? How are they special? They, they become a lot less special. All they've been is a place for a lot of players. To say, I get to go get $45,000 Guaranteed, no matter what I do. And if you have four of those every year, now you're making almost $200,000 just for showing up. To me, that's all these have turned into. They're not something the players look at and say, man, I need to be a world golf champion. But they say, I need to win on the PGA Tour. I need to, the FedEx Cup has become so important. And now I think FedEx looked at it and say, listen, we're already, we upped our ante for the playoffs to what, 60 million? That's what they're putting in. So why should they put in another 10 two weeks before the playoffs start? which is what they're doing this week. So this just makes sense from a business standpoint for FedEx, and I think from a tour standpoint to just make less events so that they are more special when they come on the calendar. It is intriguing, though. Sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead, Kyle. I'll go after you. Well, I was going to say it's intriguing that this is happening kind of in the wake of the PGL stuff because essentially the PGL is 20. FedEx or 20 uh, WGC events, right? It's just 20 small field, no cut, big money tournaments. And so I'm intrigued that they would start to, as the PGL has emerged, that the tour would start to, to, to pull these events away because you're removing the guarantee. I mean, that's what, that's sort of the allure of the PGL, right? Is the guaranteed money and the, you know, whatever. And it, maybe, maybe they don't care about it at all. Maybe they're not scared of it at all. I just thought in light of, that basically being the PGL's model, the tour has said like, okay, we're going to go away from that. I, I thought that was, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Not that I have it on good word or anything, but I don't think the tour is awfully concerned about the PGL, to be honest with you. You know, after they had the recent meetings with the players at, at a couple of events and 
and at the PGA, I think it was the PGA Championship, there was that sabotage meeting that didn't go over very well either. Um, but I just wanted to build on what co what Coach said. I remember a conversation with Stuart Apple Appleby a few years ago. I mean, he was still playing full time on the tour, and I was an announced colleague there at uh, PGA Tour Live, amongst other things. And he was saying to me that with the World Golf Championships events, when you're inside of the top 64 in the world, in the world rankings, he goes, you're essentially just guaranteeing your card every year. Once you're in the 64, to Coach's point, you got, I think it was like five of them. You just got to play a halfway decent and some. You're guaranteeing that you got your card for next year. It was making it next to impossible for the folks coming up to break into there. And you really would have to have some groundbreaking sort of success to get in. And to your initial observation, Coach, I think now with the reduction of the World Golf Championships events, I think it's probably a little easier for someone just getting onto the tour to sort of galvanize their position and play their way into that sort of elite level, if you will, because there's not this guaranteed money f five or six times a year for the top 64 guys. Agreed. To, to put a bow on kind of the world tour conversation and maybe potentially ever adding an Irish Open to this, it is noteworthy that the Irish Open is essentially doubling its purse for next year to $6 million. That That might be a step in that direction that Kyle was referring to in terms of a month of coffee golf. Um, Coach, I'm looking at this. There are five weeks off. That's a pretty big break from the RSM Classic to the Century Tournament of Champions. But even with those five weeks off, 48 events. We called this the super season with 50 events. I'm assuming 48. Like, like this is going to be the norm moving forward, all of these events. Well, it has to be. It has to be because we all know we're all on TV. We're all in the media. We're at the highest level. And that's not that's not being arrogant. That's just where we're at. Right. And when you look at it in order to add revenue and add revenue for whatever media company is carrying these events, you got to have the events. Right. Uh, but also and, and I dealt with this during my WWE days because we were on the road 52 weeks a year. So if burnout was big and, and we always screamed for a break. I got to have a break. But I don't want to feel like I'm missing an event hmm. in order to take that break. I don't want to feel like I'm missing out on half a million dollars or a million dollars because I'm taking a week off. And I think what the tour is trying to do is say, let's let's just let's schedule in some some time off for the players. Because let's be honest with you. Star power is what drives ratings. Star power is why people tune in. And then you get the other storylines that can fill in those gaps. But if you don't have the stars then you don't have the ratings and you don't have people watching, especially at certain times of the year. So they had to sit down, and I love the fact they got strategic with it. I love the fact that certain people in the room said, we have to have more money. We've got to have more in these purses to get these players to come and play. It's a simple formula. I think we have the right people in the room. They're making the right progress, and I love to see it, but they also need a break. So I love what I'm seeing initially, and obviously we'll do more research as we go. But uh, from what I'm seeing, I love the changes that they've made. There Wait, is – sorry. Can I ask you something real quick? I would love that. Do you agree about the um, – <clears throat> what's your take on the, the WGC thing that I brought up earlier? And do you agree with Mark that the PGA Tour is not concerned with the PGO or any like emerging league or whatever? 
think they should be. I don't know if they actually are or not. I, I think I think they should be because what you're seeing in this schedule, and Coach Coach basically hit this, right? There's 48 events. You can't play them all. So the top players, um, they don't have to play them all. And they're going to pick out the 18 or 20 that they want. And if you have a league that starts up and says, we're going to throw a lot of money at 18 events and you're going to play 18 times and it's not going to feel like you're missing anything, it's pretty enticing. Um, I, I don't. I think that this is definitely this schedule as we're seeing it. I think is a baby step. I think there's going to be a lot more integration with the European Tour. I think that pri- I mean, there's been a bunch of sponsorships added. The prize prize purses are going to constantly going up. They're, the PGA Tour is going to continue to build lines of defense. KP in in all of this, and I think this is just a baby step. And then next year, I, I just think it's going to get bigger every year. They have fortified their relationship with the Augusta National Golf Club, with the RNA. Mm-hmm. Not so sure about the USA, the USGA, and certainly the PGA. And as long as they got those four bodies on their side, and by extension the International Golf Federation, <laughs> you know, it's it's going to take something significant. I mean, really significant to somehow topple them off that sort of a position. What do you mean by fortified the re- the relationship? Uh, well, look, the relationship was always there. But remember, then there was the conversation of like, well, the major championships, they are they're singular entities. They're not PGA Tour properties. But the International Golf Federation, all of these bodies, the representatives sit on there. And the relationships that Jay Monahan and Ty Votar and company have built with all of these uh, other organizations, they are strong right now, as far as I'm aware. And, and, and as long as those are strong and the major championships stay in lockstep with the tour and vice versa, it's a pretty strong environment that there is. I can't remember what I was going to ask you, Kyle, but there is one noticeable region kind of missing here. There's not really many events in the Northeast. You know, you get the travelers in Hartford, obviously, but there is not a New York City based event. There is not a Boston based event, obviously major metropolises, and there's plenty of other places to go. But I thought it was noteworthy that um, some of the largest, most populated areas of our, of our country uh, do not have an event. Yeah, it is interesting. You do get the U.S. Open in uh, in Boston, right, or outside of Boston? Where's, oh, that's where's true. The country club? Brooklyn. Yeah, it's in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, um, I guess that's good. But yeah, it, but it is interesting, and it, it's yeah, no Chicago. I think that's kind of a fun thing for the playoffs, right? Is to go to different like the Chicago, New York, and then you end with Atlanta for the for the Tour Championship. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. There's not, there's not really. But the, the, but the truth of it is, Rick. I mean, this is the the venues are very much the same as what we travel to week in and week out. Otherwise, you know, it was really only the Northern Trust that would go to the Northeast. Yep. Um, and then the major championships that scoot around the place. Sure. Um, it's as, as I look through this, I'm like, mm-hmm, pretty much the same trips for me next year too. You know. Yeah. There's it, only. It is- I, th- I think it's noteworthy that so the the playoffs playoffs uh, the the kind of the, the PGA tours you know other than the players like their thing you I can't believe I'm about to do this but you're going to Memphis listen like I'm not trying to it's it's not New York it's not Chicago whatever and then you're going to Wilmington Delaware right it, it, oh I, great make it more enemies uh, yeah offended another city and state but i think to rick's point it's not like that's just that's very different than going to chicago and new york and and boston 
right? It's just, and, and it's not for us. I don't know that it's that much better or worse. I don't, I don't really care, but it, I think it is. I don't know if it's a storyline. I think it's a sub story. I think, I think that's a really interesting thing. Could you imagine, Coach, if they did this like an NFL schedule release and they said, okay, on January 24th, the event is going to be <laughs> Farmers Insurance Open. Cut to cut to the tournament director it, watching it on TV. Ah, yeah, that's, that's, what the, that's the PGL play right there. That's what they should do. <laughs> Could you imagine? I, 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 no, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> no, I cannot. Uh, to Kyle's point, Kyle, I'll back you up. Uh, my two least favorite cities in America are New Orleans and Memphis, Tennessee. Every time we'd go there for a wrestling show, I could not wait to get out. So people can get mad at me all they want. Or Kyle, it's just not a fun city. And they stand behind the, the music. It's one block. It's one block. So Listen, there's not a lot. There's not. It's don't not, drag it's not me into this, play. Coach. I've already, I've I've already gone down this road. I've got big shoulders. I've got big shoulders. I'm okay with that. It, it just it's. It, but I, I actually agree with them having it because now it's not so much about the place. It's about projecting it to the world. And FedEx, you've got to reward them. They've been the one company, and I don't know if they had others, but can you imagine guys walking into a, a boardroom and saying, listen, we'd like you to double, double how much you're putting in every year, and you're already putting in $30 million? And they go, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do that for you. You've got to reward a company that's willing to do that. $60 million every year? They deserve something. So they deserve this. I think this is the first time that – go ahead, Mark. (laughs) I was just going to say, for what it's worth – I'm actually looking forward to my trip to Memphis tomorrow. <laughs> Kyle has been dragged through the mud for years about Memphis, and Coach was like, watch this. I'm the worst. <laughs> I, I have nothing more to say. Um, yeah, I think this is also the first year the, the, uh, the playoffs have ended in August. Instead of September, right? you mean? Instead of September. Like, I think um, this is a week earlier than ever. Because this well, year, I think, I think and I think they can get an early start for the Tournament of Champions because the first Thursday is the third. So they can kind of get out ahead, but I think you're right. So we get we get from basically the week of Thanksgiving. I sound like I'm, like, <laughs> teaching a, like a third-grade teacher or something. We get the week of Thanksgiving until January one as a break, I guess you get the hero world challenge in there, but that's not, I mean, that's not like a, you know, on this PGA tour schedule. That's a, that's a significant break, even though they have, like you said, 48 or however many, however many events. Yeah. I, I, I imagine it would be fun to watch the guy try to figure out this slot and this sponsorship and this week and figure out all the possible combinations until you get the combination, right? Just like they did with Arnold Palmer spike. Wow. It's the combination of iced tea. It is lemonade. It is 5% ABV. I told Mark before we went hot, I spend my real hard-earned American dollars on Arnold Palmer Spiked. Doesn't show up at my door. That'd be nice. I pay for it because it is very, very good. Now in 24-ounce tall cans, and you can get them 
uh, essentially everywhere. So here's what you got to do. You got to find Arnold Palmer Spiked in a store near you at arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash first, or you can search for it on Drizzly and Instacart. That's arnoldpalmerspiked.com slash first. 2021 Hornell Brewing Company, Memphis, Tennessee. Malt beverage with natural flavors. Celebrate responsibly. Perfect week, Memphis. Go, go grab some Arnold Palmer Spiked. Gentlemen, we've got work to do. We've got, we've got to do our bets. We've got to do our one and done. We are running out of weeks, coach. We'll get to that, but we are running out of weeks and no one and done. For you. Yeah. You're running out of weeks is what I meant. Yeah, I know I'm running out of weeks. That's okay, because what I'm doing is I'm just prepping myself for when the new season starts in about five or six weeks, and I'm going to be fired up and ready to go. I'm going to be starting even with everybody. I'm tired of the tweets saying, Coach, why are you so far behind? I started in January. Four months I lost. But you know what? I'm not taking a personal. I'm not taking a personal because now me and Mark will have a year-long bet. I promise you that. I promise you that. And we're going to run an incredible, incredible one-and-done pool. But that's not this week. Jacob, so can I'm you mute his mic, please? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first one to ask that, Mark. You're not the first one to ask that. All right, Coach. Well, let, let's keep it rolling. Let's pull up your betting card here for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Second longest tournament name behind the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship. Coach, you are going with a handful of matchups here. Let's start with these. Daniel Berger, who has been dominant at Southwind over Rory McIlroy. He's a favorite in that matchup. Brooks Kepka also a favorite over Justin Thomas. And Jason Kokrak over Sam Burns. So can anybody tell me, and raise your hand, anybody can answer here. Uh, what the theme is for my picks this week, including these three matches. Mm. I thought, I, I, I thought know. I knew. I think it's guys that are trying to get on the Ryder cup team. Nope. I thought it was guys coming back from Tokyo, but Sam Burns wasn't there. No, it's guys that were not yeah. playing. Sorry. Fading, in- fading guys, fading Correct. guys played in Tokyo. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. I, you know what coach? I nearly saw Four guys who fade the golf ball and one who drew the thing. So I was looking at shot shape around Southwind, but no, you're not that smart. So I'll let you go. <laughs> I actually was talking about that earlier today on one of the hits I had uh, about how ball strikers, because of the course, there's no straight holes really. But Rick is right. Because to me, I've been to Tokyo eight times in my lifetime. Do you know what happened the week after all eight times that I went to Tokyo? I was a drizzling, no sleep having just a wreck of a person because that jet lag is real. And I mean, it is real. And so I'm banking on the fact that all the guys, Rory was there, JT was there, and I just like Kokrak this week. I just like, so I looked at all the matchups that Caesar Sportsbook has now. And and I said, you know what, I'm fading everybody. That's what I'm fading everybody that's coming back. I don't care who it is. And this to me was easy. And these are locks, especially my, uh, my matchups are free. Our, our friends over at Caesars sports book. That is the new name. Um, your best bet is Brooks Kepka over Justin Thomas. You went back to Kepka for a top five plus two sixty, And then you round this out with Matt Fitzpatrick to be the top GB and Irish player that pays out at plus five fifty, And then Kokrak again to win group D at plus three forty, which includes Burns. Burns, another guy you continue to fade, Tommy Fleetwood, Kevin Kisner, Justin Rose, Ian Poulter. Think about this. We always talk about the, the bets within the bets and bets that are good and bets that are bad. This is a good educational moment for people at home because Group A, if you bet on Group A, 
It was Kepka, Morikawa, DJ Berger, Hovland. How do you pick out of that? But when you go to group that I picked, it's the Sam Burns, the Fleet was the Kisners, the Rose, and you can get the same number. Why would you try to fight all the A guys? Go to group D. So that was easy for me. Then Kepka, four of his last five tournaments, top six finishes. So I'll take a, a flyer on a top five. He won here two years ago. Easy, easy, easy pick for me. And what did I tell you, KP, a couple of weeks ago on the show that I would never do again? Uh, you've said that a lot this year. <laughs> <laughs> was it pick Sep Straka to win something? <laughs> no, by the Sep, way, after Thursday, Sep, Sep was rolling. He yeah. was rolling. I said I would never overestimate or underestimate, I should Brooks. say, Brooks Kepka again. Uh, we, had a, do we, had a, we had a pact, you and I. Me and Although you. This, is, this is not, and this you. is not a, I guess, I think in my head, I was thinking that only applied to major championships. So you're, you're taking it outside of that a little bit. Well, I am, but it's a WGC. And yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, he's won two years ago. And last, last year, he almost won as well. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. He was my so, pick to win this week. There you go. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, Coach, thank you very much for your betting card. Let's pull up my betting card. And KP, hang tight because uh, my betting card is a is a just exact reflection of me trying to chase you down. So I agree with Coach. I'm taking Brooks Kepka <laughs> over Justin Thomas. I'm putting half of my dollars on it. And then I went with Colin Morikawa over Xander Shoffley. I am trying – I'm going to – two matchups. All my money, I'm going to try to run like – Eight matchups in a row and track you down. That's my strategy. So I have I have two questions for you. One, are you not concerned about JT uh, finding something in his sixty five on Sunday in Tokyo? So uh, yes, I'm. I have concerns about a lot of things, but um, so JT is kind of interesting, and that one round scares me. But he usually foreshadows this a lot more. You usually see it coming for JT. The irons have not been nearly as good as no. as they could be. He's losing a bunch of strokes off the tee. We know about the putter. I I just think there's a lot of a lot of holes to plug. And to Coach's point, Brooks is well-rested, seemingly getting healthier, seemingly getting better. It, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm just ready for it. And, and real quick, to, to jump in very quickly, let's not forget, yeah. that was like a Sunday round at, at their club on, on Sunday yeah. at, at the Olympics. There was nothing to play for, literally. Sorry, go ahead, KP. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, two, I heard from these two guys on the First Cut podcast named Rick Gaiman and Sia Najad on Monday oh boy. that Colin Morikawa lost strokes on approach shots last week. Does that he concern did. you? A stroke and a half and no, because he never does it. Like that, the fact that he could still finish fourth and lose a stroke and a half on approach is terrifying. The field should be shaking in their boots. No, I actually think it's great. You know he's going to figure it out. There's no way he goes well, back to back weeks losing strokes. The last time he he hit it poorly, he won the Open the following week. So that's there you go. I I agree with fading Xander. I didn't know what to do with Morikawa this week. I really struggled with him because he's been unreal this summer. I mean, his finishes, his numbers are just off the charts. But then he had a he had like a great putting week last week and a bad ball striking week, which is just chaos for you know if you if you follow him or bet on him for for what to expect the following week. So I I'm not I'm kind of leery of him this week just because of how he did it last week. 
Well, both of them are coming back from Tokyo, so we'll certainly see how that plays out. Mark, we are going to pull up your betting card next, please, producer Jacob. And I see, ooh, this is fun. Okay, let's start with your top 10s and top 20s. One of them is your best bet. That one is Harris English to finish inside the top 20. Then you go with Rory McIlroy to finish inside the top 10. And then you take an opportunity to get a boost from our friends over at Caesars and take Tony Finau to finish inside the top te- uh, top 20. Excuse me. That one is plus 120. Hmm. All good drivers of the golf ball. Uh, mm. Southwind asks you to drive the golf ball. It really does. Balls move in both directions, really. And you know, there's not a lot of fairway bunkers you have to co- cover. There's not the Bryson sort of an environment where you hit balls over corners. You can't really. So you've got to shape the ball down the fairway. You can run through fairways easily. And if you're playing out of the spiny Bermuda rough with these firm greens, I haven't got the weather reports. They're small. And uh, when they're firm, if you're playing out the rough, you're going to be chipping a lot and chipping from through the green out of some Bermuda rough. So uh, those are all guys that drive the golf ball pretty well. And, and the same, something about this golf course, it spits out the usual suspects. Uh, Dustin Brooks, uh, um, Harris English, Daniel Berger. It's, it's the usual sort of folks, to me, in all my years that have been there that show up uh, atop the leaderboard. So the thread between all of those guys, they all drive the golf ball pretty well. Before I tee you up on your two nationality bets to round out your betting card, we are a near consensus so far here. Brooks Kepka over Justin Thomas makes your card as well. Yeah, you know, I, I hate to admit, I actually, because on the new sports book, I couldn't find the head-to-heads. So I was scrolling up and down the cards, and I borrowed that one from Coach. So, uh, Coach, if that one goes bad, it's on you. <laughs> Mark, Mark finally figured out William Hill, and they rebranded as Caesars, and now he can't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, no, yeah, they, were kind of hidden. they were kind of hidden. They were below a lot of stuff, because there was a lot of Olympic women's golf at the top. So yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll back Mark up. They were hard to find this week, but but they were there. So, so I, I borrowed that from Coach. But look, Brooks around this place, uh, it's, I, I remember interviewing him after he shot 65 on PGA Tour Live a couple of years ago. It might have been Saturday. It was hot as Hades, and we were standing under the tree there next to the clubhouse. And before we went hot, I said to him, Brooks, what is it about this place? And he goes, just feel comfortable here, man. And uh, when a golfer starts saying to you, I just feel comfortable here, that's how it rolls. I mean, this is the same guy. Remember, it was him and the him and Rory showdown in the final group on Sunday a couple of seasons ago, and we were on high alert because it was forty five minutes from the final tee time, and Brooks still wasn't even on site. Remember That's that? Right. Yes. Because uh, he just doesn't give us stuff, and this golf course just fits his eye, and uh, he, he seems to be able to read the greens pretty well because there is some grain in them, and so I guess that fits with a whole comfortable an environment, a horse for course kind of thing. Your card goes with two, I don't want to say long shot, but plus 300 or more nationality bets. Matt Fitzpatrick to be the top Englishman. That one is plus 333. And then Wilco Nienaber to be the top South African plus 650. Yeah, Fitzpatrick makes a lot of sense. He's played very well here the last couple of seasons. Uh, I think he's had a couple top fives, maybe, uh, if not top tens. I know that for a fact. And again, it's the sliding cut shot. He plays out the fairway. He's a gritty sort. And, and, you know, apart from the really hot temperatures for the Englishman, I think he's going to be very comfortable again. And Wilco, um, look, Louis is the favorite in that group, as he should be. But Wilco's been in Nashville, Tennessee for the last couple of weeks. 
So playing in similar sort of an environment, used to the grass. His mom and dad got over here. It's the first time he's seen them in like a two year and a half, he told me just the other day. So he's in a good headspace. And I mean, you can't avert your eyes at plus 650. So why not just lay 10 bucks on him? Why not just lay 10 bucks on him? That is going to be the title of my autobiography because that is something I do. <laughs> Why not just lay 10 bucks on him? Okay, what's the worst that could happen? You, um, you have a lot of autobiographies because on Monday you said that uh, – what, what was the phrase? Um, I don't know. Sia said something that was really fun. He, see, I always default to ball strikers, I believe. I there always default to ball strikers. <laughs> I, love it. I love it when – and I do this all the time, but I love it when idiots like us say – you know, I really like a, I really like ball strikers. It's like, yeah, no, no kidding. Like every week is is that's what the top twenty is made of. It's just ball strikers. That's it. Yeah, I've got lots of plans to write a lot of books later in life. Apparently, <laughs> I've got I've got to start figuring that out. Um, okay, KP, we are all trying to chase you down. You are mm. front running here. You've had a couple of good weeks in a row. So producer Jacob is going to pull up your betting card, and there are some familiar names uh you have opted to go with four top tens and an outright let's go two at a time jordan spieth plus 138 to finish inside the top 10 louis ustazen 188 to finish inside the top 10 i mean spieth's last i think eight starts he hasn't finished worse than 30th he's finished in the top 27 times and in the top 10 five times he's been i mean i think you make an argument that spieth has been the i don't know Third best player in the world this year. Fourth I would have given world. him second. Second better. Rom. Rom's been better. Rom. Louis's been up more, there. More Kawa. More Kawa. Yeah. yeah. Right. Third, third or fourth. Um, and then Usti. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same deal. Like he just hasn't finished outside the top ten very much. I mean, it's five out of seven. He had one kind of weird appearance on the European tour, but in terms of the of the PGA tour, he's been he's been money in terms of, in terms of top tens. And it's a little, you know, I, I like that number. I like the plus plus one eighty eight there. Two more top tens. One is Sergio Garcia at plus four fifty. The other Patrick can't this one. I like plus two forty. Yeah. Can't has been three top 15s in his last four starts, missed the cut at the open. I'm kind of going with the angle of him being, and this is what coach was saying. It's just a lot fresher than a lot of the guys in this tournament. And, you know, we, uh, again, I heard, I, actually, I think I read this on rickrungood.com, but uh, really small greens at, uh, at TPC Southwind. And so I'm, I'm kind of betting on his, his iron play shining through. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not in love with him this week, but um, obviously, you know, you default to ball strikers. So, uh, <laughs> and then Ser- Sergio, like just put, I'm not even average, just like below, just slightly below average. Just and lose he, three strokes putting instead of seven and a half. He's been just lights out from tee to green this summer, and he has nothing to show for it. I mean, it's just like his his results, his finishes do not reflect how well he's been hitting the ball. So I, I'm probably I'm probably the sucker here because he's going to lose six strokes again on the greens and finish, you know, T31, but it was too enticing at plus 450. The Patrick Cantlay stat that Kyle was referring to, uh, TPC Southwind has the third smallest greens on the PGA Tour. When you sort by small greens, 5,000 square feet on average or smaller, Patrick Cantlay, best player on tour in the last six years, and he's been pretty dominant in those situations as well. And then 
KP, the final bet on your card. Um, and I'm wondering if you just you just went with the adage of if there is a two in front of Rory McIlroy's odds, you bet him outright 20 to one. That's exactly what I went with. I don't even <laughs> I don't even really love him this week, but I saw that I saw last time this happened, he won Wells Fargo. So I'm just going with that again. I love it. He has been you you pointed this out as well. He's actually been hitting his irons a lot better recently, which I think is encouraging. Now it's still not to the level that <clears throat> he probably should be at, you know, like a JT more Well, JT is a bad example right now, but generally like at that level, but it has, it, it, it's been better at least since kind of, I guess the, the masters and maybe a little bit after that. Yes, it has. Uh, recapping our best bets. Uh, Coach and I are going with Brooks Kepka over Justin Thomas. Kyle has taken Jordan Spieth to finish inside the top 10 at plus 138. Mark went with Harry English to finish inside the top 20 at plus 138. And we called Sia. He said he's going with a three ball. Louie over Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed. And Greg is probably in a pool somewhere, so we didn't bother him. But those are our best bets for this week. Which leaves us with one final thing to do, gentlemen. It is the one and done, and we are five weeks away. Is that right? This week, Wyndham, three playoff events, five weeks out. And there are the standings. Thank you, producer Jacob. Coach, we start with you. You're at 4.6 million. We had the week off for the Olympics. So the 3M Open was the last time we made picks. They were all pretty ugly. You had Hank Lebiota, who uh, actually had a scare with his, with his father, ended up withdrawing from the event. You got $0 for it. You have an opportunity here to get some big bucks. Who are you going with? I have figured out that if I pick a winner the next five weeks, <laughs> that I can win this thing. You can't. You can't. You can't. Sorry. That'll be the first thing coach has figured out about one and done this year. <laughs> you can't pick five in a row without picking the first one, coach. So this is That's this true. Is well, yeah, and, and KP can get all the digs in he wants when I started <laughs> one million behind her. But it's okay. It's okay. I'm putting in my. I'm putting in my memory bank right now, KP. I got some for you come September. But I'm gonna go. <laughs> I think I can pick Daniel Berger this week. I don't think I've used them yet. In you, my book, I don't have it written down. Your your book is accurate. You can pick Daniel Berger this week. I'm going to go Daniel Berger. Lock it in. I have a Daniel Berger stat for you. Give so I looked me. up. I looked up. Give it to me. I looked up the ultimate course horses. This is not just here. This is everywhere since 2015. The best players at at their respective course. Number one, Rory McIlroy at Quail Hollow. Number two. Patrick Cantlay at TPC Summerlin. Always mm. very good there. Number three, Justin Thomas at Chapultepec, a place that he wishes to see back on the schedule again. Number four is Patrick Cantlay again, Mirfield Village this time. Mm. And wow. five and six are two guys at TPC Southwind. Number five is Daniel Berger. He gains 2.67 strokes per round at TPC Southwind. Six and has to be DJ. Dustin Johnson, 2.65. They are nipping at each other's wow. heroes at the wow. What was the what was the time frame there? Start of 2015, minimum 14 rounds for the last six years. Okay. Great stat. It's a great that stat. That is a great stat. So that you're, is you're you're locked in this week, Rick. I'm I come on. I you know, a little overnight watching some golf. You get re relaxed on a Saturday. I'm back at it, baby. Yeah, Rick, stop. stop. We all we all know. I don't know how much your ticket was for, but we all know you had 151 tickets. Right now, you're in house money. We all know that. So that's why you're locked in. Stop. Wait, he had, no, he had I had a Cam Champ ticket two weeks ago, 150 to one. Two weeks ago, 150 to uh, one. Let's say that's, that's $100. That's a lot that's, of money. 
blind yeah, betting blind betting cam champ seems like a pretty good proposition. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he's he gonna win every twenty fifth start. Yeah. I don't know where we're at, but that's the ultimate course horses. Uh, coach is going with Daniel Berger. Okay, so Coach has 4.6 million. He's going with DB straight vibe into the bank, which brings us to Jacob. And, um, you know, Jacob, you you need to send Coach a case of Arnold Palmer spike. He has he has covered you quite a bit this week because you are – or this year because you're 3.1 million behind KP, and we never we never bring it up. I, I guess I should. Uh, I mean, I also, I also <laughs> I need to really point out, you know, the fact that we love the city of New, of New Orleans. We love the city of Memphis. Uh, you know, the opinions of the guests on this show do not reflect the opinions of the show itself. Uh, so I just want to get out ahead of that right now. Yeah, good thinking. For this week's one and done, I, you know, we're we're scraping the bottom of the barrel, but. I think I got Harry English still on the board, so I think that's I think that's who I'm going to go with after a layoff. I used DB straight vibe in a few weeks ago, got hardly anything there. But you know what good does it do to for me to have Daniel Berger and be three million behind whenever you guys are all also going to pick Daniel Berger? So it's true. That's where that's where I'm at right now. Harris English, lock it in. Jacob is going to take Harris English and try to improve on his nearly $5.1 million, which is a big gap to you, Kyle. And you've, um, you've been all right recently. You got 386,000 from Brooks Kepka at the open. That felt like found money because he flew up the leaderboard on Sunday. If I remember correctly, you got 54,000 from Sergio Garcia at the three M it wasn't a lot, but it was good enough to win the week. And now you look to improve on your $8.1 million total. So you guys, don't realize this, but I have of the top 14 players in the world, I have five of them left. And so you're just going to run out five of five, all five of them. And there's five weeks left, right? Five, five events. So I've got Ustazen, mm-hmm. Harris English, DJ, Rory, JT. Now, my problem is I don't know what order to <laughs> use them in. <laughs> and probably none of them will be playing next week, right? At Wyndham. Harris playing. Say your English. name. Say your list again. Say your list again. English, JT. Usazen, Rory, and DJ. Oh. Well, English. JT, he's at the top of that uh that two million dollar first prize for the uh what are they called? Comcast top ten. Yeah, com- yeah Comcast. No, Marikawa is. He's playing the window. Marikawa's on top of that list. Oh, oh so, so maybe so maybe JT wants to go there and win it. Take it from him. Two million bucks. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Louis Ustazen. Yeah, I was gonna say the only one you can't pick is Harris English in case he plays next week. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Ustazen. It's either Ustazen or DJ, so I'll go with Usti. And I'm just confirming, not that I don't trust you. Oh, serial, you serial duplicate you picker. You definitely should not trust me. <laughs> wait until these... next year when there's a twenty dollar fine for doing. <laughs> That's it. it? I'll keep doing it if it's only twenty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a zero. Zero twenty dollar fine. Yeah. 
Uh, KP is going with Louis Ustazen. He has that right. He has not used him yet. Mark, you are uh, you are certainly within striking range. You're at one eight point six million. You're a million dollars off the lead. Um, you went through a little bit of a tough stretch. Louis got you six hundred eighty-two thousand at the open. A lot of money on the line this week, and I feel like I feel like this is the time of year you've been saving guys for. I've got a few guys saved up too. Uh, Rory, Justin Thomas. T- uh, tell me when I use Dustin Johnson. I know I have. I just I just want to confirm that. I please. think Masters, right? He, yeah, you got I two million at the November yeah, Masters. Good call there, KP. Okay, here's a question. Daniel Berger, name the courses he's won at. Pebble Beach. This place twice? Hmm? Pebble Beach? Tiny, and where's the tiny greens. Tiny greens. Colonial. Mm, right, tiny remember. greens. Okay, so yes, tiny greens. Now I'm going to wash your Cantlay thing. Three of those four courses all have what sort of grass around those tiny greens and on them? Bermuda. Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I talked to Daniel Berger in New Orleans, your second favorite city um, there, Coach, <laughs> a couple seasons ago. And he's chipping from greenside, and it's one of those gnarly into the, the, the grain sort of lies that all the guys from the West Coast complain about, right? Club face sticks, ball doesn't go anywhere, ball comes out, inconsistent spin. It's hard to chip from. And yes, Daniel Berger just leading edge down, bumping these things out there to like three, four feet all the time. And I'm like, Daniel, tell me how you do this, man. And he goes, I grew up playing this stuff. He goes, I love playing off Bermuda grass. And I guarantee you, he's probably the only guy in the field that's going to tell you that if you had to pull them all tomorrow. So I sort of, I was vacillating some because I know Greg's leaning towards Berger and I want to overtake him. So I was thinking maybe Harris English. But, you know, after listening to the conversation and what you said about hitting the small greens, you know, hitting the small greens is one thing, but you're going to miss some small greens too. That's a guarantee. And if you miss small greens, you're going to have to make some saves, especially around this place where par is a good score. I mean, if you're shooting three, four under a day, you're doing really, really well. So I think Berger is a no-brainer for me. Mark, this is our intersection right here of you and I, because if you filter by Bermuda grass greens, Mm-hmm. And small greens. Yeah. With as many rounds as Daniel Berger has played on that combination, no one is better. He's the guy. Wow. Pretty sure. Yeah, I didn't, have a, I didn't even have a statistical now. website for, for that, man. This is just the, <laughs> what do you call it? The eye test. The eye test works. It passed the test. Okay. So Mark is going with Daniel Berger, and I. Regret to inform him that Greg is also going with Daniel Berger and has a $900,000 lead. So it will be no opportunity to make up ground for Mr. Immelman, uh, but they can both make up ground on me because I have used Daniel Berger what feels like a century ago at the Sony open. I got $200,000 for him and I am, uh, I was out of golfers 12 weeks ago, so I'm in big trouble, Kyle. Well, real quick, can we talk about how you're leading and you got, Zero dollars from a combination of Morikawa, DJ, and John Rom. You got zero from those from the top three players in the world. It's incredible, isn't it? That's that's Morikawa's missed three cuts in his life, and you picked him for one of them. I got one of them. Rom's missed one cut in the last two years, and you picked him for that one. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Next level. Well, this week I'm going. 
I, I got to go with a guy who came back from Tokyo, a guy who has gained strokes on approach in 10 consecutive events. His name is Shane Lowry, and he is my pick for this week's one and done. I'm not, I'm not thrilled with it, coach, but this is, this is where we're at. (laughs) Well, you know, it is what it is. You, you, I think your, your, your initial, your initial thought process worked and now you're starting to just struggle to the finish line. You're just trying to just get there without anybody catch me, but uh, maybe you'll be the genius. I said the same thing about Kyle, and he was a genius that week. So maybe this will be your week. The wheels are off. The front bumper's dragging. I'm just trying to cross the finish line at this point. If I've got enough gas left, there's a couple drops in the tank. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to. Morikawa, I'm, I can't get over this. Morikawa <laughs> and Rom have missed a combined six cuts in the last two years combined, and you you picked them for, for two of those. I have 33% of their missed cuts in the last yeah. two years. In the last two years. That's unreal. That's impossible. <laughs> oh, boy. Just to recap, Coach is going with Daniel Berger. Jacob is going with Harris English. Greg also going with Daniel Berger as well as Mark. Kyle is taking Louis Eustazen, and I am going with the Irishman, Shane Lowry. I think that'll do it, gentlemen. Our mega preview pod for the last ever WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. All right. Sad days. Won't see you next year. Bad days. Sad we'll days. just drop the WGC and it'll be the FedEx St. Jude Invitational. <laughs> That's Kyle Porter. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. That's the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the coach rules. Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.